and welcome to OperaCast, your one-stop shop for all the latest opera news, reviews, interviews and general chit-chat. I'm David Ward. Now, as much of the world remains in lockdown, opera live in theatres is very much on hold for the foreseeable future. And we'd like to wish the very best to all of our fellow artists, producers, managers, technicians, ushers out there who have been so dramatically affected by recent events. With not much opera news to go around these days, I'm going to whiz through some of the things that have been going on lately before moving straight onto an exclusive interview we recorded back in January at the Royal Opera House with the conductor Daniel Oren. So in brief, here's your April 2020 news roundup. So first off, thank you to everyone who joined us for our first ever live opera quiz, which took place on the 5th of April. Um, if you missed it, then never fear, you can catch up and play along with our big OperaCast quiz over on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash OperaCast. There are music rounds, there are picture rounds, plenty to keep you entertained, and do let us know. Um, a, do let us know what your score was, uh, and B, do let us know um, what you thought of the quiz. Um, leave a comment on Facebook or email us info at operacast.co.uk. Grange Park Opera have announced the world premiere of Sir John Taverner's final opera, Krishna, is going to be performed in 2024 and directed by Sir David Poutney, so uh, get the date in the diary, four years' time. Uh, there are more details available on the Grange Park website or visit us on Twitter at OperaCastPod, where we've recently posted about it for more information. Uh, so in these difficult times, uh, wonderful to hear some, some positive announcements about things that are coming up in the future. On the 25th of April, the Metropolitan Opera is staging an online at-home fundraising gala featuring many of the world's greatest opera singers performing from their living rooms, um, or more likely their, their lovely music rooms. Uh, they include Bryn Terfel, Jamie Barton and Jonas Kaufman. Now this is a unique opportunity to take a peek inside the homes of some of the world's greatest singers whilst listening to some music at the same time and raising some money for the Metropolitan Opera. It's only going to be available for 29 hours, um, so do make sure to get the date in the diary. It starts 1pm Eastern Time in the US, which is 6pm UK time on April the 25th. We might not be able to visit the theatre at the moment, but there's lots going on online. Uh, the Metropolitan Opera have daily live streams of previous productions. The Royal Opera House have released a number of productions that you can watch for free. You can get free trials to streaming services, including Marquee TV and Medici. We've got extensive back catalogues. There's a lot of stuff available on Amazon Prime if you happen to have that. And as always, as we always say, there's plenty of great stuff to watch for free at operavision.eu. Now, if you're not already on Twitter, it's the place to be for the slightly more eccentric content going out at the moment. Uh, Louise Alder is mastering the art of four-part one-person recordings. You can find her on Twitter at Louise Alder Sop. Estin Davis is giving us his very best Alan Bennett impersonation. Um, he's Estin underscore Davies. And if you want to embrace your inner Blue Peter presenter, the Royal Opera House have instructions for making your own model opera house out of old cereal boxes. Uh, they are at Royal Opera House. And if you do make your own house, please do send us a picture. We would love to see it. We're Twitter, OperaCast Pod. Before we hear our interview with Daniel Oren, we want to let you know about our first ever watch-along podcast, which we'll be releasing next week. While we're stuck at home, we're going to be reliving some classic opera content and talking about it on the pod, and we really want to encourage you to join in the conversation by watching as well and letting us know your thoughts. For our first watch-along, we're going to be reliving the infamous BBC documentary series The House, which aired in 1996 and took a look behind the scenes at the Royal Opera House. Uh, it caused much embarrassment for the Royal Opera at the time and garnered a lot of press attention over here in the UK uh, and abroad as well. 
You can find a link to the documentary in the show notes or visit any of our social media platforms to find a link to where you can watch the documentary. Uh, and do make sure to let us know your thoughts. Get in touch via social media or info at operacast.co.uk. So next week, we're going to be watching the house. Uh, please do join us and let us know what you think. Now, in January, a seeming lifetime ago before COVID-19, I sat down with the conductor Daniel Oren at the Royal Opera House to discuss his career, how his faith has impacted his work, and to get the lowdown on some of the star names he's been fortunate to work with over the decades. So, Daniel Oren, thank you very much for joining us for OperaCast. It's a big pleasure for me. First of all, happy 27th anniversary at Covent Garden. Uh, over those 27 years, you've conducted most of the major romantic repertoire here. Is there one opera, one production that stands out over those 27 years? I think last year the Chenier one of, it was one of the uh, really the biggest emotions I had here. The production was really fantastic and uh, the singers and the music. So um, it was one of the productions I, I loved uh, more. And the, another one which is always Verismo is uh, perhaps uh, Adriana, who is from the same director, um, uh, which we had Angela, Georgiou, and a great cast, but also a great uh, stage. So it, it gives a lot to have everything together in a big harmony. Mm. And uh, the production, singers, music, uh, of Adriana and Chenier, perhaps uh, the most. I suppose it must make your job easier as well when you can look onto the stage and see everything, I suppose, adding and really kind of giving to the to the music that you're, that I you're think creating. That, yes, it gives very much the stage. Um, I have already other, other experience uh, with, with uh, other theatres, but when the production is not a very good production or an ugly production with uh, or a production that goes against the music the music suffers very much and i noticed from the beginning that when you have a production that serves the music that goes together in harmony in complete harmony and it uh, it, uh, it it makes your job uh, much easier I mean, you've had a, a great history, or I suppose had a great history with, with the great uh, director, Franco Zeffirelli. Do you see kind of any natural airs in, in some of those people kind of working in the industry today? Um, yes, I think the, 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 the really one of the, there are some, the most talented, I think, and uh, is uh, David uh, McVicker. I like him so much, and uh, with uh, again, he serves the music. He likes the music. Uh, he's working like a crazy. Like like he remembers me, Zeffirelli, because Zeffirelli was working really very very hard on the personaggi, on the and uh, very profound, very profound Zeffirelli. Um, not only moving singers and artists of, of the 
the choir, but uh, really profoundly working on the character and that uh, was something special. And then his taste of uh, choosing uh, costumes, of choosing the the the, the, the scenery, and uh, the most I worked with him, he did everything. Really, Franco did everything. So he did the scenery, he did the costume. Not always, not always, but then he. Uh, he used, uh, for example, in Butterfly, we did in Arena di Verona, he used uh, uh, a Japanese uh, woman which uh, won the Oscar, but she was really special. And um, uh, today I see really David, really David, who is so profound, who is so... Uh, um, I think... What is so um, great by the Ferrelli is that he, uh, he liked also the singers. Not everybody likes the singer. <laughs> and uh, he likes them and you feel it. And uh, he discussed with them. He had his ideas. It's clear that he had his ideas. Very clear. But uh, then... If from, from some reason they asked him some some to change position to, to because perhaps they felt a little better in this position for the voice on in a special area and then uh, he, he would discuss with them and would uh, li like David I saw the same thing with David. So it's really, they, they love music, they love, and the, the casting also is a question of casting. Um, sometimes um, directors perhaps think it's not very important, the casting, but for me it's very important, very important. Um, Franco always asked me, please, do the best casting you can because if the singers the 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 music doesn't work my work doesn't work e either so he even he was not a musician he understood that the music is number one and um, um was uh, was really great to work with him to to watch every rehearsal of Franco Zeffirelli, and uh, with David here in in London was really two great things that we did together, and was a great pleasure to to make art with him, and was uh, Adriana, which I think is the most beautiful Adriana of today, and Chenier is the same thing. I don't know if you've seen the recent documentary about the uh, the making of the new Metropolitan Opera. Um, but Franco Zeffirelli is there directing Anthony and Cleopatra, and you see him just running around the building, doing every sequin, every, you know, uh, it's just astonishing stamina. I, I remember, excuse me that I just, I, uh, I stop you, but I remember in Verona we did Carmen, and with um, a great cast, because it was uh, Graves, if you remember 20 years ago, she was the greatest Carmen. Mrs. Graves, Dennis Graves, and then we had Mr. Chikov and everybody. Like, and he was on stage demonstrating to the singers how to how to act, and he was much much better than everybody together. <laughs> than really, he was much better than 
than than Carmen, than 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 a great artist, really great artist. But he was a great uh, actor also, and says um, great 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 uh, work with him, uh, which I, I I learned so much from him, and uh, it was also the human relationship between between uh, me and him. So uh, we were very much together uh, in his villa and we discussed very much before. Um, so I think it, uh, it was a great collaboration. Now, you mentioned Verona there. I mean, you, you're performing around the, around the world in houses in all sorts of different countries. I mean, what, what do you think the reputation of, of Covent Garden is internationally and, and UK opera generally or opera in the UK? Um, the reputation is a great reputation, and the reputation uh, of Covent Garden is uh, really great because I think uh, the reputation of Covent Garden. Everybody will tell you that there's a that uh, Covent Garden is um, one of the most incredible and biggest and the most important operas in the world. And I think it's it's the really it's the truth. It's the, if we begin with the orchestra, I, I can begin with the orchestra because I'm the conductor begins with the orchestra. It's really one of the greatest orchestra in the world. In opera, I want, I, I really, there are, because it's different to play symphony music and opera because, uh, because in opera you need other things and you need to, 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 to know how to sing with the singer, how to breathe with the singer. And um, they know how to do it. And not always the singers are respect very much what is written, or uh, perhaps some singer is more free, we'll say, or singing with. Um, but uh, they are so exceptional that they know how to 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 accompany the singer in, and that uh, they are very very strong. Really, if not the one of the strongest in, 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 in the world. And uh, then the sound of this orchestra is unique. Uh, every musician is fantastic. Every section is fantastic. It's uh, the highest level. And uh, chorus, I can say also only, let's uh, say, uh, one of the greatest chorus in the world. Great musicians, not only voices, not only voices which uh, is not very easy to find in the world, great musicians uh, in the chorus. And uh, the English musicians, the English uh, chorus, they, they, they are capable to, to read from you uh, new music in, in immediately, quasi immediately. So that they are reading music and they are fantastic musicians. And, uh, and can that can that be quite different where you are around the world? You notice a certain it's sense of the chorus. Yeah, it's different because in some countries you have a voice, and voice, and that's all. So you have to study with him uh, the music and and uh, in England it's completely because the background of the the English uh, chorus uh, is a, is a, is a background of a musician and not uh, only the voice. There is the voice, but there's uh, so it's very easy to work with them uh, musically, and not only musically, because they are great actors. 
and are willing to be great actors. That's also, I don't want to mention what countries I, or what country I, I mean, but uh, I had an experience here with Rigoletto. Uh, <clears throat> we did it, uh, Rigoletto here with uh, Leonucci. And Leonucci were, was uh, taking out some things that, uh, I don't know, he didn't want to do everything, so the chorus should do also um, less things. They were so upset. They really, they were, in general, the chorus in some countries, really in some countries, um, they are not willing to do very much. They are willing to come to the stage, sing and go away. And this chorus, especially this chorus of Covenant Garden, more you give them, more they are happy. So, and they are great, great actors. So for a, for, a, for a director, it's the maximum you can have, this, this chorus of Covent Garden. It's unique, really it's unique. Uh, you're here for Traviata at the moment. How much preparation do you put in when returning to work like Traviata, one that you must know so well? Do you, do you still find there are things that you need to either re-familiarize yourself with or, or even still new things to discover? Uh, we discover always uh, new things. Uh, also, every performance, we discover new thing. We are not uh, a robot, or so. Uh, it's every performance is a new something newborn. Um, um, they know perfectly tra 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 Traviata because. It's an opera that you, uh, that uh, they play every year here at least 15, 20 times. So the question is only what ideas do you have of Traviata? And my idea is that it's an opera that uh, from 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 one side uh, people can say it's it's an easy it's an it's an easy opera. It's not uh, because there are many pum 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 you know the the, the company of uh, the first Verdi, um, but that's the reason why Traviata is very very difficult because you have to 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 get Traviata noble the noble side and the elegant, so it's very easy that this opera becomes vulgar and the more vulgar it is and more people like it. It's very strange, but it's like this. <laughs> so the operation is to do, um, to find the elegance of this opera, the noblesse of this opera, um, and it's not easy. It's not easy. I know <coughs> from Franco's stories, Zeffirelli, that uh, with Kleiber, they did it many times together, and Kleiber, was not happy with the work he did and uh, with the opera that becomes very, very easily uh, vulgar. So he tried to find some way to do all the opera quasi in piano, pianissimo, very light, to give it, not to give the possibility to be vulgar or to be hard. And uh, was, was not a good, a good result. The result was not good. He tried. He tried to find a way, and um, but in any case, Kleiber was uh, perhaps the best in Traviata for me. No, so he finds the way. But everybody 
tries to find a way in Traviata to 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 and with those uh, musicians in the orchestra in the chorus and the and the, the company uh, the singers here that uh, it's really uh, always I have to 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 say that Covent Garden has uh, a great direction great superintendent great uh, artistic direction uh, artistic director, Peter Katona, uh, that um, gives you always the best, the best, the best, the best in the world. So it's like like to to work with a Stradivarius. Not always, because you cannot have always a Stradivarius, but they are trying to have really the best. So it's a pleasure. Everything works so fantastically well in this theater. theater. Yeah, you, you mentioned that connection between staging and, and, and music. Do you find that your approach to conducting a work like Traviata can change quite a lot depending on what the production is that, that you're working on? Uh, it can change musically, I'm sure. But if the production is there and is a production against uh, the music, it, I won't change uh, anything. Perhaps it will be... Uh, how do you say uh, clash clashing yeah clash here not because the production is is a very nice production very good production and it goes in together with my my ideas but i had a production a production i will tell you where i was in paris in parle garnier it was awful it was awful the costumes the production the ideas really the singers everything was awful and then I tried to do what I'm thinking um, of Traviata. And then my wife told me, but it's between you and, uh, the, and your interpretation and the stage, there is a clash. So it doesn't work. What you do is it doesn't work. So that's uh, the answer to your question. Mm-hmm. So is, is there something that Italian singers bring to Italian repertoire that, that non-Italian singers uh, don't bring? Is, is there something kind of instinctive about the way that Italian singers perform or are, or are trained that brings something different to that repertoire? Yes, I think that uh, Italian singer uh, brings uh, the way of singing all'italiana, which you can find perhaps... Uh, also by, uh, I don't know, by an American singer, perhaps a great American singer, but in any case, it's, it's different, a little bit different. You, you hear it immediately, uh, the difference between a uh, Russian singer, American singer, and Italian. For the Italian repertoire, like you said, no. Mm-hmm. Not for the other repertoire, absolutely. In general, the, the Italian, they are, they are singing only Italian repertoire, in generally. And um, it's clear that Pavarotti is Pavarotti, and then uh, Domingo, okay, Spanish, Mexican, it's the same thing. Uh, yes, they, they bring the way to sing all'italiana, which is not very easy, and which uh, other singers, uh, some other singers from other nationality, they can have this all'italiana, but it's... Not very often, but it can be. But the Italians, they have it all. I don't say that they sing well, but they have it <laughs> it's, all. It's instinctive. It's yeah, it's instinctive. Yes. 
as already the way the, the pronunciation already there because uh, it's different uh, it's really different uh, we have now uh, the second cast of uh, Germain is Viviani and he's Italian. He's a very good singer, really very, very good singer. But you hear immediately it's the way of singing uh, l'italiana. I mean, you've, you've worked with so many great singers over, over your career. Does, does a great singer or a great artist necessarily make for a great uh, collaborator or someone great to work with? Uh, do they sort of go hand in hand, those two things? No, absolutely no. Absolutely no. There are great singers and there are great singers. So, uh, for example, I think Luciano was uh, really one of the biggest singers in the last uh, 50, 60 years. But um, uh, everybody's so sorry and we are so much missing him. But um, there was not much uh, you could do musically sorry he brought you the, the, the plate yes and you eat it but it was not it was all in his case was also that uh, luciano many italian not only luciano but many italian singers they don't have um, a background of uh, star they're not musicians they never studied uh, they never studied music, perhaps, no? I'm speaking about the singers of the past. Yes. So um, the voices is there. Perhaps they are going to the military and then the, 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 they are singing uh, and somebody tells them, but you have a great, uh, a great, uh, great voice and they are beginning to sing at 22 to 20 years without knowing uh, one, what is uh, one note, no? So, um, especially in the past, uh, was uh, they learned the, 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 the part with the ear. So, the pianist that, that played them uh, the, the, the part and so. So, with Luciano was not, he was very musically because it's nature, it's God. Uh, the instinct he had is really exceptional the legato he had but I think it's very 80% nature then he studied and studied and studied and studied all his life he studied uh, every note every half a note he knew exactly the position why he putting it like this and what he has to do and what he has not to do so a great study but the he, he didn't have the, the luck to study music before. So it was very difficult to tell him something. Also an error that he did perhaps in the part. If you wanted to correct it, it was almost impossible. Really, it's the case of, of uh, singers of the past that they didn't study music uh, before. And uh, I remember we did uh, Tosca with Luciano and uh, Vixel, Caroli and uh, Kabaivanska. And I tried to correct something and, and uh, I didn't succeed. 
several times. <laughs> and uh, Raina Kabaivanska told me, Daniel, could I speak with you, please? Yeah. I would like to tell you, Daniel, is not him that should study. You have to study. And she meant, you have to study the errors and to try to go. You don't have to insist on what Puccini wanted, on what Verdi wanted. Forget it. You have to, to study <laughs> on the contrary, yes. on the other way. So um, there are other great singers that uh, it's a pleasure to do music with them. And uh, in any case, with Luciano, there were always great emotions. But I couldn't um, I couldn't um, give him or try to 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 coin to involve him with my ideas musically. So I suppose that must be quite frustrating having an, a, you know an astonishing artist but you if you can't work with them then almost I suppose from your point of view it yes yeah, so I suppose you wonder so in a way sort of what what you're being able to add apart from making sure they're in time with the the orchestra and try to listen to the singer and to accompany him and to do with the orchestra good work but I know it's frustrating I know it's frustrating. And there are other singers that you collaborate with them and you work with them and uh, they are musicians. Today, as already the, the new generation is as completely, they have a great background. Uh, they know music and, and uh, uh, so uh, it's a pleasure to work with, uh, with uh, singers like, for example, uh, Leonucci. Leonucci... It's really a pleasure because uh, it's 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 not only the voice, it's the intelligence, it's the musicality, it's the person that wants to will wants to to collaborate with you, is willing to collaborate with you, is willing to is follow is following you really like uh, like anybody, um, and then um, other singers like Roberto Alania, for example, that I have. So those are singers that you enjoy really f make music with them and there are a lot today there are a lot today but there are also singers that you cannot say one word or because they don't want mm. to accept anything or because uh, but uh, they they don't have the the, the, the mu musical uh, background uh, to, to understand what you what you want so mm. You choose to, to, you understand it, you understand it immediately, and then you accompany them and you are doing the best work you can do. It's one of those things, being a conductor and a director, I suppose. It's Yes, it's being a musician, but it's also being a, a psychologist a little bit as well and trying to work out how can you work with people, what what will get through to them in that sort of, that sort of regard. Absolutely, absolutely, yes, because... Uh, if you see that you can arrive, you can achieve um, what you want to to achieve, and um, and you see that they are capable, 
So you have to find the way, the right way to them, and in every person it's different. Um, to try for him to have from them the best. Um, it depends on on. It depends very much on on the situation of the, of the singer, on, on, also on the psychological situation of the singer. They are ver sometimes very delicate, sometimes they are very strong, so the approach is different. It's really different. Um, for example, sometimes you you don't have to say one word more because the one word more than you, that you said could. Do, make fall all the house. And there was, for example, a great tenor that I consider one of the greatest voices uh, ever. In the, his name is Giacomini. He's an Italian. Uh, also him, he, he didn't know even that he has had the voice for opera, but he revealed his voice going to Verona from his town, uh, 60, 70 kilometers and they they took the they took the, the bus to the arena di verona to her uh, and then he he sang there uh, during the 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 um, tragitto they 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 sang uh, he sang some some songs uh, and there was somebody in the bus who said ma Giacomini, you have the greatest voice ever. I will, I will uh, give you all the money you need in in order you can begin to study. And it was, he was already 25, 26. So no background and the greatest voice in the world and very, very delicate. Mr. Giacomini was really a voice like Corelli and Del Monaco, uh, something like this great great voice and the way of singing with a great breath he could do two three phrases together like the great tenors the great baritones of the past and um, but was enough a word that he that ruin, could ruin everything because then he he was so stressed some moments he was so stressed that he began to to I don't know how do you say in, in English steccare tutto, to 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 lose the voice in the high notes. Right, okay. Yeah, um, don't know what we'd say. <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, and uh, so you had to if you wanted something from him, piano, piano, piano in a certain way, and then he could give you the the, the greatest emotions in the world, the greatest evenings in the world. Let's kind of end by kind of going back to the, the start of, of your career and you, you had a very uh, uh, early encounter with, with Leonard Bernstein. Tell us a little bit about what his, his impact was on, on your kind of uh, early career as you were developing, I suppose, your, your musicianship. I will tell you the truth. Um, um, I was a kid uh, 12 and a half, 13 years old, and my mother brought me to the auditions uh, uh, that uh, many kids did in front of the biggest musicians, Israeli musicians, to decide who is the kid that will sing Chichester Psalms with Bernstein. And okay, they um, always they said, no, that's not the boy, that's not the boy. And my mother, she was... Uh, a Jewish mother, and uh, she insisted and insisted and insisted. Everybody said no, 
till she arrived to him personally. And then after two minutes, he said, okay, that's the boy. So he came two days before the performances, before the concerts, because great conductors that are arriving two days before, with a great orchestra, also the Israeli Philharmonic Orchestra. So um, he told me one, one, one thing, only one word, sing simple. Because I think uh, when I was a boy, I, my mother wanted that I will learn also, so I will study um, voice, uh, developing of the voice, we say in Hebrew. So my voice was a little bit, not was like, it was not um, white, like a voice of a child, but a little bit impostato. Already when I was a kid, it was like this. <clears throat> and he didn't want it too much because it's the role on the second movement of the Chichester Psalms of the boy, David the boy, only when he was a king, a boy, a shepherd. So that's the only thing. What can I tell you what I studied from him or what inspired from him? I was one meter from him and the inspiration was there and uh, you didn't need uh, words or something. You saw the music in person. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, that's the example I took from him and it was an example for all life, all the life. So you mentioned that you, you were born in Israel and you still have a, a quite a big role in, in the musical and operatic life of, of, of the country. I'm interested in what role that your faith has had in, in, in your career and what uh, kind of impact it's had. I know you've mentioned things about, you know, you, you used to kind of wear the, the kippah sometimes when you're conducting, you didn't feel as though it was always necessarily welcome or, you know, kind of being able to work on the Sabbath and, th and those sorts of things. I mean, what, what role has faith played in your career? But uh, when I'm in Israel, it's clear that I'm uh, a religious person. So uh, for me to wear kippah, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's an important, but I know that I cannot do it in any can in every country in the world, because of several reasons, and uh, I don't want to hurt uh, anybody. So for me, well, it's uh, okay, but now it's not a problem for me anymore. Um, you can be a good person and a good Jew and a good Christian without uh, uh, Muslim without wearing a kippah or something else, but that's what I think. And um, okay, with the Shabbat or not, I, we know that uh, this was already a, a problem uh, after the, I won the Karajan uh, competition in Berlin. So the first concert was uh, Friday, and Friday in general we cannot conduct because it's already Shabbat. So then I had to decide, I, what what I will do, and I went also to a to a rabbi and uh, tried to 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 see what 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 uh, what uh, what, uh, what idea he can give me, what suggestion he can give me to do. What should I do? So he told me, if it's your life, it's it's your you, the music is the life for you. So all you want to, to return to Israel and you respect Shabbat and you respect what you want, you put the kippah, you put what you want. Or here you have to make some some compromises and 
in, he was very orthodox, but in any case, he, he, his, he, he gave me some permission to, to, to conduct uh, Shabbat. So um, I will tell you, even without his permission, I would have conducted Shabbat because uh, I'm trying to do what I can in order to respect Shabbat. But, for example, taking an apartment near to the opera house or something like this, that I can walk to the... But uh, other things... Uh, I, I, I see my, the fact that I'm conducting and a musician as a mission. And my mother saw it also as a mission. And she saw the mission already before or before I was born. Because she told me that she's not anymore alive. She, that she was uh, praying God to have a child mm, a musician and that will have uh, a mission in this world. And uh, so okay, I think. Quite, quite a lot of pressure on you growing up, mm, I suppose, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, she didn't tell me those things a little bit. She told me later. <laughs> but. Uh, I think I was a good kid, so uh, she insisted very much on uh, on studying many many things. To, and I was a, a good boy, and I studied. It's clear that uh, all all children they want to, to play. I liked very much basketball. I would like. I I wanted to play all day, perhaps uh, basketball and football, but. Okay, she was very, very strong, and she gave me only one hour to play. So <laughs> the rest I had to, to, to play piano and to, to, to run uh, to the, 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 the teacher of composition and solfege and singing and cello and violin and pianoforte, etc., etc. But she, she was right. She was right. <laughs> and then at 13 years old, she decides that uh, I have to begin to take lessons in conducting which again, all the professors of Israel uh, took her for a crazy woman because you don't begin to study at 13 years old, but 22, 23. But she insisted, she found the teacher, she found uh, and uh, she was right. She was not a musician, but she has a great, she had a great instinct. And you see, she was, she really, she, she was right. The mission, yes, she saw it as a mission, and she was right also in the with the mission because it's really a big mission uh, for me to to the music, um, and so I cannot in hundred percent respect Shabbat and respect uh, it's uh, it's okay, but uh, I learned also to pray uh, through the through the music. And not only through the Jewish music, perhaps, but also through the Catholic music. Mm -hmm. You can pray also there. I did now with Santa Sicilia, uh, the orchestra in Rome, mm -hmm. Requiem. And it was uh, the most beautiful pray in the world, prayer in the world that I have ever prayed. So, um, you see, there are many... You have to make compromises, and I, for for I'm I'm we are, and I am especially we are gifted from God. God gave us so many presents that um, 
that I'm so I have only to 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 thank him and thank everybody that gave me this possibility to 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 work in the most incredible I think to have the most incredible work in the world uh, to do music I mean so you spoke there that the music was what consumed you when you were younger and you, and you still have an extraordinarily busy schedule what what do you do for for rest do you do you have periods where you just don't listen to music at all you try and get away from it a little bit well what do you do to sort of get away from the the, the podium as uh, so a first uh, i don't have rest uh, periods and it's uh, my fault but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i don't have and uh, when i have some days off uh, so i like now we had uh, five days off so I went uh, to my family and uh, I have four kids. Uh, so I was with the family, with the kids. I have already two big kids in Israel that are doctors. One is in America now, but he will return to Israel. And um, from my latest wife is uh, there we have uh, four children. So... Uh, I don't have they the keep, chance. They keep you very busy. Yes. No, but I don't have the <laughs> chance too much to see them uh, like every father yeah. sees every every night. Every uh, okay, they come to me. I go to them. So it's mainly it's this. Uh, I would like to return, perhaps, to play basketball for me with friends, basketball, tennis, which I did when I when I was young, but. To find the time is always uh, very difficult. You'll have to try and make a team up at the Opera House here. You can go, oh, you know. yeah. yeah. I'm sure you'll find... Put a notice up somewhere, you'll find something. Team of the singers. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> singers versus orchestra. That would be quite... You could, you know, charity match. That'd be great. The, the final question that we ask everybody is, is there one opera that you have yet to have the opportunity to conduct that you would like to is there still something that you think one day i would i would love to to do that yes one day i would like to conduct wagner because i never conducted wagner and i think um the reason is as a political reason or or the reason is i didn't want to hurt so many people that suffered uh, listening to this music in the in the camps that was the reason and um, i think uh, it's the time that i will do some wagner because that's that's my dream really to do some some operas of of this uh, genius daniel run thank you so much for joining us for this episode of opera Cast. thank you very much it's a pleasure